This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 31. I am Matt O'Leary. I am joined by Mitch Anderson. And the question to get it started, as always, Mitch, what edition is it? The Billy Smith edition. Thank God. Thank God we didn't have to go... Two hockey reference to look that one up. Mitch knew it off the top of his head. He was like, 31. Hmm, 31. Uh, I don't know. I don't there's a legend. Billy Terry Smith? Yeah, Price. I mean, Billy Smith. <laughs> so I'm definitely glad that you knew that one off the top of your head. I think you would have got a lot of slack on Twitter if you oh, didn't. Oh, man, I never would have heard the end of it, ever. No, I don't think you would ever live that one no. down, and rightfully so. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on you. The lady from Game See, of Thrones just shows up at my house like, shame! What are you doing? Keep my clothes on. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So usually we have three games to talk about to kick off the show, but this week we have four because we had a Washington Capitals back-to-back, which oh, was disgusting. Uh, the Islanders won one of the four. <laughs> um, it, it's it's full-on tank mode. That's another topic we're going to eventually get to. But the question I'm trying to get to is, Mitch, what were your takeaways from the last four? Um, nothing good? Um, no. Like, I know we... Was it four or was it five? I feel like there was another win in there somehow. Was it just... Didn't they... Yeah, the, the, the Pittsburgh one. That was last night. That yeah. was the first... That was the only one. So, well, what about the Calgary win? They lost to Calgary? Did they lose? Oh, no. No, no they won. That was... I thought you said Caroline. Uh, wrong seas. That was... Before right, that was before our last episode. I don't know why I was thinking the seventh for some reason. I don't know why I was thinking the seventh. Clearly, it's the fourteenth. You're right. There's only the one win, and that's New York, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a four to one win. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Um, either way, uh, what do I take away <laughs> from it? Um, obviously, going into the game against Washington, the first one on the fifteenth, the fifteenth mm-hmm. of March, when they played the Washington Capitals and lost seven three. Um, I was still in on, like, it's possible. 
there's a possibility that they can do this. And then when they S-H-I-T the bet on that one, it was done. There, there's no way. And obviously it was already tough and near next impossible at that point, but I was still holding on to math. Mathematically, they're still in it. Mathematically, they could still do this. Oh, you're talking playoffs? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't even like thinking that like for takeaway. I didn't know which route you were going. I didn't think you meant holding out hope for playoffs. I thought you meant holding out hopes for a win. Well, yeah, win to Just get won. into the playoffs, obviously. I don't at this oh, point man. like I don't necessarily care about the wins. The wins are nice. Um but it's just kind of gravy on the train. I'd almost rather them lose, but like we'll get to later, it doesn't really change a whole lot if they do. Um it might make things even worse mentally, so why lose then? I I thought your biggest takeaway would be your boy got shelled. No, whatever that happens. It wasn't just him. Look, Halak got shelled the very next night, so it he clearly did. wasn't just Gibson. He did, but it, I just thought it was funny that you put, like, right after you put the out, like, oh, day. maybe, yeah, the, the next day after you said, like, oh, Gibson should get a look. Boom. Shelf. What, what do you have? What do you have, like, a 597 save percentage that night before he got pulled? It was it was rough. He uh, he let in, five, was it five goals on 12 shots? <laughs> I think, I think he only stopped seven. Oh wow! Oh yeah, that's really bad. That's so bad. But again, Halak did the same thing the next night, right? Yeah. To be fair, he did. Yes. And is it fair to blame it all on the goalie? Probably no. not, because we've we've seen these goalies, not just these two, but also Grice play during the season, and we haven't blamed them outright the entire time. They've been to blame for some of them, but not every night. It, it just it just can't be the goalies every night. No. No, that's definitely fair. Uh, and he did bounce back and had a great performance last night against the Penguins. So I'll, I'll cut him some slack there. I definitely will. Uh, to me, my biggest takeaway is uh, pretty simple. Defense still stinks. Yeah, okay. Um, for, for, so my biggest takeaway wasn't just what was actually just something's going on with this team is what I wrote here in my notes. Um, so we got... JT, who's now over a point per game, I think he's got, what, 73 and 72? Or is it 75 and 73 games? Something like that. I didn't, uh, fan, but I will yeah, tell I you. I didn't really tell. I didn't really write down the stats. Um, Lee's going to be a 40-goal scorer. Uh, he's only four away, if I'm not mistaken. Eberle's going to be a 30-goal scorer. Bailey's a point-per-game player. And Barzell's going to win the Calder Trophy and is a point-per-game player. How is it? Both, sorry. I was going to say both Tavares and Barzell have 75 points in 73 it's games. It's amazing. Amazing. We have two 75-point players, over a point per game, Bailey point per game, Everly 30 goals, Lee 40 goals, and we still can't consistently win. We can't win at all, it seems. Um, no, you're consistently losing, yes, actually. exactly. The opposite of consistently winning. Um, how... Like, how is that possible? And it, and it plays to what you're saying, is that defense still stinks. Um, and, and I wanted to put something out there. Uh, a little little hot, maybe not a hot take, but a, a hot... A, uh, let, let me just go with it, and you, you can tell me what it is. Do we okay. think that Nick Letty is hurt? Do we think Nick Letty is playing hurt? Obviously nothing serious or nothing game-preventing, but something that's enough to have him off-form. Because there's no one out there that can say Nick Letty is the same Nick Letty was last year. 
Look, I, I say it all the time on a WhatsApp group because we keep getting I keep getting bombarded about the plus minus. I hate his plus minus stat. I know it's high. It doesn't mean anything. Put it to bed, people. But there's no argument to say, or there's no counter argument to say that Nick Letty has been good this year. You can't say that. Even as a Nick Letty supporter, I can't say Nick Letty's been good. He hasn't been at least defensively. Well, even even offensively, he's been all right at the, up till November, but then from there, it just kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah, uh, is he playing hurt? I mean, it's a good. I think he is. Guess it's it would definitely explain why he isn't playing well. For me, I would go more so the people around him aren't playing well, so it's pulling him down. Oh, I'm sure that's an absolute fact, but I'm adding to it the fact that he's probably hurt. So I, I'm willing to wager that he's going to have off-season, off-season surgery. I almost hope it's an injury because then at least it would give us an explanation, yeah. if that makes any sense. Absolutely. like Obviously, I would never root for a player to be injured, but it, at least it would give you an explanation for why the performance wasn't what it was expected to be. Yeah. Like Nick Letty having off-season knee surgery. Like, oh, of course. All right, good thing they're doing that. Good thing they don't have the playoffs. Just get it sorted out. Done. Come back. Yeah, like, go in April like JT did last year. Go in April. Get it done. You have all summer to, to re- recuperate and reha- rehabilitate. Perfect. Yeah, and then four months later, you're ready Yeah, to him go. and Rasmus Dallin, killing it. Perfect. Him and Rasmus Dallin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that went over oh, my yeah, head for yeah, a second. Uh, I almost let that one swoop by. Okay. What a top pairing that oh, would be. Oh, man. Wow. How beautiful would that be? Uh, it's not going to happen. That, I, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I think that kind of leads us into – I think that might be a good segue into our next topic, actually. Yep. Yep. Uh, is it too late for a tank? Well, well yeah, obviously. But like, yeah, when, it's when too late for a tank. a tank, what do you mean exactly? A legitimate shot at a top pick. Yeah. Well, okay, what's a top pick then? Top 10? Top 5? Top 3? Nah, I would say top 3. Oh, then probably. Like, they're going to have their chances, but like, okay, let's look at it right now. Uh, where Where is this, the order? Um, the Islanders have 72 points as it stands right now. To get like a, a pretty good um, chance at a top 3, they'd have to fall within the top three, the top three worst. But you've got, like, Buffalo and Vancouver and Arizona at 58 to 59 points. That would mean that they'd have to jump, what is it, like, 13 points? They would ha- The Vancouver Canucks, Buffalo Sabres, and Arizona Coyotes would have to win the rest of their games, and the New York Islanders would have to lose the rest of their games for them to stand a chance at equaling them in the points total. And that's that's not gonna so happen. You're, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yes. There's literally <laughs> a chance. There's also an even bigger chance that it won't happen. So there's like a one percent chance that they could fall not even, like a point zero one percent chance that they can fall to within a top three seed um from where they are now. But there's a ninety nine point nine nine percent chance that they don't. If I got that right. No. If we were betting men, which I think yep. we are, they're probably both their picks are probably falling somewhere between eight and thirteen. Okay, sure, fine. Because um, right now they're sitting at nine and twelve, right? So I think that that's a yeah. fair 
gauge. Like they, they could catch Chicago and they could catch Edmonton easily. Chicago and Edmonton sit, sit at 69 points, just three points back of the Islanders. Now Chicago's nice. lost four in a row, so you know, but like that that helps. Like the Islanders are sitting at a top, so their their chance of getting a top three sits at 14 percent. So like that's pretty good odds to get. That can't be right. How is that possible? That can't be right. No, let me refresh the screen because that can't be it. There we go. Okay, overall five point four percent and a number one uh, anywhere in the top three seventeen point one percent chance. That makes more sense. Okay, yeah, you got me confused a little yeah, bit. I was I was looking at it and I was going that can't be right. And I, I had said top three, but I was still kind of not sure about the number. But yeah, it makes sense. Their best bet is a 5.4% chance to get the first overall pick. But to get anywhere within the top three, it's at 17. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. But then it dep- Then who are you taking? Because you're not going to get the one. Let's say you get three. Then what? From there. You're probably not getting a defenseman. Well, you, could t- you, probably you, take- you can take anyone you want. You've got only two teams drafting ahead of you. Yeah, but like in all the mocks, it's always it's Dolan one, and then they have two forwards, and then like this is a deep defenseman draft. So I, picking at like eight might not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you don't want to go crazy off board. And, and listen, if they, they they fall to number three, what if you just trade down? Right, you could. So I'll give you my first. Give me your first at number eight or number seven, Chicago Blackhawks, and um, give me your second or something else. I I, I don't I don't know how or to value something, it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're reading too much into like all the the mocks and stuff like that. But I think the point here is they are in a position where they have a very minimal, like zero point zero three percent chance of making the playoffs and. A five percent chance of having a top three no, pick. Five no, percent so chance at the first overall. Seventeen percent chance at a top three. Sorry, still under twenty-five percent chance of having a top three pick. Yeah, which isn't good. No, sure it's not. But for the record, they have that's pretty good. Look again. Philadelphia was in a was what just below us last year in the lottery, yeah. and they hit second. And the Dallas Stars weren't far from where we are now last year, and they got the third overall pick. Yeah, that's fair. I guess crazy things can happen. That's why it's a lottery. That's why they try and get teams avoiding the tank. Yeah. How bad would that be if, again, the Vancouver Canucks, who are probably going to end up with the first overall pick, sorry, as it said, are going to have the best odds at the first overall pick, just as they did last year, don't get it again. Sorry, no, Colorado had the best chance. They had the second best chance. But they again fall out of the picture. Two years in a row, they don't win the lottery. How bad would that be for Jim Benning in Vancouver? That'd be kind of funny. It'd be hilarious, but <laughs> yeah. It would suck. If I was a Canucks fan, I would be upset about it. Yeah. I would. Um, so is it too late to tank? Yeah, of course. It's yes. way too late to tank. It was too late to tank in December when it was clear that the front runners for the tank were Buffalo, Arizona, and then a non Brock Besser Vancouver. Yeah, if we could have just realized that Brock Besser was going to get hurt due to Cal Clutterbuck, if we could have like somehow foreseen that, and then I don't know what you could have possibly done to embrace the tank at that point 
and somehow it tank even more. I don't think it would be possible. I don't think so. Which no. gets us to, like, maybe not gets us, but brings us to another point that this team shouldn't be in a tankable situation. No. You look at this team and, like, usually when, when you, you launch a tank, like the Rangers, who, P.S., have more points than we do, um, they start selling off anyone with a heartbeat. We added players. We, uh, we got younger and we added players. Younger because we traded off, you know, 89-year-old Jason Chimera. But... I make fun of how old he is. He was only like four years older than I am. But we bad self awareness. Yeah, that's right. But we we still got younger and we got marginally better. So like that's not a tanking situation. And you look at our, no. our roster. Like there's if we're tanking with this roster, how are we going to build a winning roster? I don't know because I was just looking up the stats from from before that you had me pull up. You have. Five players over 50 points. Unreal. And you have Bailey, not, excuse me, uh, Barzal and Tavares at over a point per game. And Bailey's pretty darn close. He has 67 points in 69 games. Exactly. Two more power plays and he's right there. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, So... I, but that that just puts the forwards out there. We're not even talking about D anymore. And I, I know defensemen no. aren't going to put at the same points as forwards unless you have an Eric Carlson or a Victor Hedman, which we clearly don't. Um, but there's a reason we're not bringing up defensemen because they haven't been good. They're, sure, two of them scored the other night against Pittsburgh. But they, they don't do that on a regular basis. No. Although Pulak has been... A very good point producer over his last like what was it twenty five games? I guess. Hopefully that can that can keep going, and that's that's a sign of things to come. Um, but when you look at his overall, what is it twenty seven points in th- how many games? Fifty nine. Like that that in in and of itself isn't a great return. It's pretty good, but it's not great. What is it? So twenty seven divided by fifty nine. I'm gonna do some math. Uh, twenty seven divided fifty nine. Times 82 over a season, that's 38 points. That's pretty that's, good. That's all right for a rookie, sure. But you would hope that that's, again, things to come. You're like, okay, good. No. Now let's move forward and do more. The article I wrote the other day where it was like he's sneaky on a hot streak that no one's really talking about. It, the pace was over a full season. The current, the one he's currently on, is forty-eight. That points. would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Right. That's what. That's what I think his ceiling is. I don't know, man. If do you think that's his there. ceiling, or do you think that's um, where he's? St- I wouldn't say it's a ceiling yet. I don't think so. Do you think he could be uh, over fifty points? At, at the rate I'm seeing, like he's not looking. Too out of place defensively. I know at the start of the season he was. He was pinching what he wasn't supposed to. And he's giving away bad turnovers. Holy crap, look at that. He learned how to not give away a bunch of turnovers. Oh my god, I guess you don't have to go to the AHL to learn that stuff. Um, And now Mm. he's scoring points. He seems more settled. He seems more calm. He seems to know what he's doing out there. He's more comfortable. Um, So next year, I expect that to be there from day one. And so it doesn't have that like 20-game adjustment period that he had this year. I know he was injured as well, but he still had that, that adjustment period. And you take that away, and you come into the season knowing you have a roster spot, knowing you're more comfortable. Man, the sky's the limits. 
Okay, so what would you put the over-under number at for next year? 48.5. I'm taking the under. Okay, I'm going to take the over on that. Wow, okay. I would I, I would love him to hit the over. I like Ryan Pulak. I'm a big fan of his game. I really am, but I, would, I don't think he's hitting 49 points next okay. year. I just took it. I wrote it down. I don't know if I'm going to remember it this time next year, but it's written now. Maybe one of our followers will, will remind us come next year and be like, yeah. hey, losers, who was right and who was wrong? And then I hope the loser in the chair over here will be correct. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so moral of the story, guys, too late to tank. Yeah, for sure. Which brings us to another point we can hit on for another short topic. Prospects they could realistically grab in this year's draft. Right. Okay. I I did something today. I had five realistic options. I don't know if you had anybody in particular you wanted to talk about. I wrote down six names that I think are okay. like within both their pick range and the one that they have from um, Calgary. Wow. I've had a hard time with my words. Um, I'll tell you the one that I'm more interested in, the two that I'm more interested in. And let me know if – I didn't read your article yet, so let me know if they made your list. Okay, go ahead. Um, I am more interested in Noah Dobson, who's – Have him on the okay. list. So he's a 6'3 defender out of Acadie Bathurst, and he's got, what, 69 points in 67 games played. Amazing. Yes. Keep in mind that's the QMJHL, the Quebec Major Junior League, and they score a ton of goals. So, like, mm-hmm. when you adjust for the goals in that league – it's still good, but it'd be like, I don't know, 55 points in 55 or like 54 games or maybe 56 games in the OHL. Anyways, I'm getting lost here. Um, and then my next one is Joe Valeno, the six foot, 180 yep. pound center out of, where was it again? It was St. John's. So that's again yep, in the QMJHL. I think he's got like 48 points in 33 games. Insane. Yeah, I really like him a lot. He was my favorite forward that I had on my list. Okay. Who was your favorite D then? Because we know it's a, it's a D-heavy list. I ha- My favorite is Ty Smith. Okay, why with the small guys? We have so many small... De- so he's 5'11", what, 160? No, he's 5'10", 174. Oh, I'm looking at Joel Farabee. Sorry. Joel Farabee is my size. 5'11", 150. I'm a little bit taller, but the weight is there. I I think he's really intriguing. He has 73 points in 69 games. And he's extremely fast and a two-way player. Where is he playing? Spokane. What? Spokane Chiefs, WHL. Wow, okay. That's a good league. A Matthew Barzal league right there. Yeah, and he is second in the league in points for defensemen. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, okay. That's pretty good. And he's what? He's... 5'11", so he's small. I, get, I just, I'm kind of tired of the small guys. Okay, well, can I tell you what my theory was? I said it in this after I listed the guys. Okay. I want, I would take Ty Smith, and I would also take, uh, who was the other one? Either Noah, either Noah Dobson or my other one who you didn't list. Bode Wild. Just for the name, right? 
Just for pretty much just for the name. Okay, why? Uh, it's an electric name. Why Bode Wild? I don't even see. Okay, there he is. Six two one ninety five committed to Harvard. That's probably gonna have to change out of the U eighteen. Uh, he's. I read University of Michigan. Okay, maybe it says here Harvard, but either way, we know that the Islanders don't like them playing in the NCAA. Right. So then I would take the small guy, and then either one of those two. Okay. I just don't want to end up with another draft where he, like, what was it, in 2012, I think it was, where he took, he being Garth Snow, just all defensemen. Every Yeah, but Griffin Reinhardt was one of them. Like, yeah, I know, but... I don't think Ty Smith is going to be Griffin Reinhardt. Well, we Reinhardt. have no idea. Life is like a box of chocolates. The draft is like a box of chocolates. You never actually know what you're going to get. No, but you could you could like prospects and dislike like I disliked Michael Dalcole as a prospect. Well, we know I that never, clearly now. That. Yeah, but that was like I, at that time I didn't like him as a prospect either. Okay, so all right, so you don't like these other guys. I, I'm I'm fine with getting Noah Dobson. I think that's a good pick. Six three one eighty, and he's putting up points in a in a shifty, speedy, point producing league. That's 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 amazing to me. That he's over a point per game, and he's a big. Big moving body. The QMJHL isn't known for that they're big, booming defenseman Victor Hedman type guys, and he's one of them. I say if the and Islanders can get him at nine, which I have him here on Tankathon, you do that any day, every day. I had one more. The other guy on my list was a center, Barrett Hayton. <laughs> from the Just OHL. The names Barrett Hayton. He be Hayton. Uh, I know um, nothing about him. Some I read a scouting report that said he's going back to the OHL next year, but he could be ready for the NHL the following year. Yeah, well, he's only yeah he's only seventeen, right? He's almost yeah, and 18, his but his player comparison was Patrice. Bergeron. I don't I don't even listen to those. I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> he's the next Wayne Gretzky. No, no one is. There's there's no. But come on, the Wayne Gretzky's a little bit no, of a stretch. No, but you know Bergeron's what I'm trying to comparison. say, right? Like you're trying to compare it to something that has happened already. He's just he is he that type of player. Coaches don't be like, I want the next Wayne Gretzky. GMs don't say, I want the next Wayne Gretzky. No, I'm building a team that needs to do X, Y, Z, and I need skills that can do it this way. And so that's who I'm picking. I, I just hate the comparables to players because it just overhypes way too much. Okay, so I gave you my theory. If the Islanders keep both picks, mm-hmm. I would draft two defensemen. Do you split to take one defenseman, one forward? Yeah, I definitely or... take a defenseman and a center. The Islanders don't have any centers coming up after Barzell and Beauvillier. And even then, they're playing Beauvillier on the wing. Okay. So, And, and I'm not fair. saying you, you draft that because you have a need, but like you're going to need centers at some point. Where are you going to get them? Why not get them at the draft? And then maybe a winger as well. Like I have, I have nothing against wingers, but I, I'm particularly keen on this Rasmus Kupari guy of Karpat. Um, 5'11", okay. 165. He's putting up points. It's 14 points in 39 games, but he's playing with adults. He's playing with men. Uh, that's, a huge, that's a huge body of work for a guy who's just 17 years old. Sorry, 18 years old. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like we're grading these guys who are seventeen, eighteen years old. Like a lot can change in the next couple yeah. of years. I would definitely stay away from anyone who's in the uh, the KHL right now. So like number seventeen here on my list is Grigory Dinisenko, and I would stay the heck away from him because you have no idea. You don't know. 
No, it's not worth taking a high pick on. No. You 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 know, I'd rather go the safe route. I'm I like OHL, WHL. I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Stick stick to what you know. Sorry, Russia, but you're just probably not gonna come over. Sad. <laughs> Thanks. Oh god. Uh yeah, so that's a little prospect talk in March. This is the state we're at. That's we get true. to talk future prospects. And not even like, oh, like sh- who debating who they should take with the top world world pick. It's no. Who do you think falls to eight or twelve? <laughs> so we can't get anything. So what I want to know is the people listening, tweet us out who you think they should go for. Who's the prospect you think they need to take? So just hashtag Isles Draft and I'll look it up and I'll be able to find it. Uh, I want to know who you think the Islanders should take should take in the in the first round. And this is not assuming again that they win in the first they, they win one of the first three picks. Just sitting at where right. they are now, where the, the, the their picks are situated as of today, who do they take? You might have swayed me off my taking two defensemen's take. I have nothing against it. Why not? Like if you can have more defensemen that are NHL ready, you have a commoditized asset that is demanded by 30 other teams in the league like yes everyone needs centers everyone needs wingers but everyone wants mobile puck moving defensemen and they are rare Uh, maybe in the years to come they get less rare but they are rare now so if you have a stockpile of them perfect you've got something no one else has ty smith shaking my head (laughs) oh my god okay uh want to move on to a long topic i think this got you heated earlier oh man it did well Okay, yes and no, but go ahead. All right, so somebody put out the idea of a sign and trade with John Tavares. I'm going to say it was Pierre Lebrun who put it out first for The Athletic. I'm pre- I know he wrote about it. I'm just not sure if he came to the conclusion first. I'm pretty sure it was, though. I believe you are correct, but I didn't want to yeah. Again, I know he wrote about it. <laughs> I'm just not sure if he was the very first one. I'm 99.9% sure he was, though. Right. Um, so I hate this idea with everything <laughs> <laughs> in my body. I can't stand it. Mitch, if I get a notification where it's like uh, Garth Snow or not Garth Snow, but we, we scratch that. Start over. Revamp. New York Islanders and John Tavares agree to an eight-year extension. And then five minutes later... Islanders agree to trade John Tavares to insert team here. Right. I don't know what's going to happen after that. I don't. I don't know. Just like sorrow, misery, um, playing Simon and Garfunkel on repeat for the next two weeks. Like cold showers. Who's the kid on Charlie Brown who carries around Linus? the blanket? Yeah, that'd be me. I'd just be walking around, just carrying around my baby blanket all day, oh, sucking just your thumb upset. like a little baby. Yeah, with like the. The sad piano music playing in the background. Well, I tried to suck my thumb the other day to like mimic my kid. I I don't I don't get it. It it just it feels so weird. Oh, <sighs> gross! Don't try it. Does it taste no, good? It doesn't taste good. Why would it taste good? <laughs> I don't know. Why do kids put it in their mouth? They're then? kids. They don't know any. They put everything in their mouth. Have you seen my kids? Everything goes in their mouth the second they have it. Hey, look! It's a pen in my mouth. Hey, look! A wall charger that's still plugged in in my mouth. <laughs> You must have such a fun oh, it's time. Just, oh, oh my god, you're time. running. It's just, you're, you're literally putting out, maybe not literally, but sometimes, putting out fires everywhere around the house. And the more you have, the more fires you have at the same time. 
So people with two, three, four, or more kids know exactly what I'm talking about. Not to say that if you just have one, you don't have any fires. It's just it's more manageable. Yeah, and your boy on Ryan Pine has like 15 kids. I don't know how he I, does I, it. Saints. They are saints. They have four <laughs> children. I had two. Done. I had the procedure done. Ain't no more kids coming in. It's over. <laughs> Wrap it up. Turn out the yeah. lights. Wrap it up, B. That's what happened. Like within months, honestly, my daughter was born in July and I had it done in August. <laughs> you're new you're like yep we're, we're done, we're done here it. we're done here we have two she came out she's perfectly healthy done we are done here i love kids I'm... i love my kids i just don't want more kids i think that's a fair I take i can't afford them i was talking about this with my, with my friend we can't afford our kids or more kids not financially we can't afford it by like the amount of headspace and patience uh it takes so yeah anyways less on kids more on hockey yeah, that was a real derail for a second. <laughs> uh, I think we were talking about we were talking about John Tavares, and then we were lioness carrying on the blanket and sucking it. Wow, that went really off track fast. Yeah. If you stuck with us through that, thanks for sticking through, and we'll get back to John Tavares now. It's a really bad idea. So the reason I, I got heated by this wasn't because of the idea. The idea makes sense in and of itself. It is awful for the Islanders, and why I got mad about it is just thinking if it actually happened. If this actually took place where John Tavares left in a sign and trade, it would be the worst thing possible for this organization. Oh, it'd be an embarrassment. So it's huge embarrassment. And we're, we're used to embarrassments. John Spano was a thing. Um, that's embarrassing where you have a guy who doesn't have any money who's in charge of the team for, was it months? Had no yeah. money. So it's not just an Islanders thing. It's more of a league thing. But anyways, this would be strictly on the Islanders. I think this is worse. It's, I wouldn't say it's worse, but it's bad. Uh, it's up there bad. But so for this to happen, right, at this point, John Tavares is still under contract. Other teams cannot speak to him. But from what Pierre Lebrun was saying is that his agent, should he have the signal from Gar Snow, he can go and speak to other teams on the behest of Tavares. Um, I think it would have to be a specific team, or, or I forget the exact inner workings of how this works. But the point is that John Tavares would have to signal off saying, "Yes, I want to leave," in no uncertain terms. Okay. Which that is embarrassment number one. John Tavares wants out so bad he's not willing to wait to the one week courting period time, where he's allowed to speak to other teams freely based on the collective agreement. He wants to do it now and as quickly as humanly possible. That's terrible, right? That's the thing that that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me, though. Like, why would it be a sign and trade? Why wouldn't he just wait and sign somebody somewhere else? Because if you just sign and go somewhere else, then we're not getting anything for him. In this, we can get something back. It's not going to be much. It's not going to be a lot, uh, but it's something. Maybe another first-round pick. For the chance to sign, it'd be like a like when you're giving out the rights to a, a, a restricted free agent or a, or a free agent. You're saying, I'm giving you the rights to this free agent. He doesn't have to sign with you. I'm just letting you sign him. Although for us, it would be you have to sign with this team. So the price goes up. Right. Um, so that's why maybe a first round pick is involved. 
And, and I, I hate going down the road of what we could return because the idea here isn't to return more. It's to keep what we already have. And so the only way this works is if he wants out. And that is... What does that say about the rest of the team? Or what does that say to the rest of the team? Like Matthew Barzell. Hey, John Tavares wanted to get the F out of town as quickly as humanly possible. You got to stick here for at least another two years. Not even. Until you're 27. Good luck. Mm. That's eight years away. <laughs> That's a long time. He's got a yeah. long time to sit this out. Um, and he's doing well, so he's probably like, all right, whatever. I don't necessarily need Tavares. He's like, well, probably not. But Tavares needed something else to get this to go where it's going now, which is lottery picks. This is terrible. See, as, as the podcast is going on, I'm just getting more and more depressed with the state of the team. So let me uplift you a little bit, just a bit, because the idea here is that I don't like the idea of losing Tavares because to win anything in this league, you need as many superstars as possible. It's not like the NBA where if you have yes. three, you're guaranteed to at least make the finals, it seems. Um, but if you have two, at least two, you're in a good shape. You're in a good shape. You're in good shape. So I, I went over and I looked at the last 10 Stanley Cup winning teams. So not just the 10 last Stanley Cup winners, but the 10 teams who won Stanley Cups last. And I tried to find their superstars, if, if you, if you want to go that way. They're okay. like, yeah, superstar players. And they had at least two. So the Penguins, they've got three cups, two back-to-back. Um, Crosby, Malkin, superstars, easily. Yep. Uh, Kings, Kopitar, Doughty, superstars, easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you don't like Kopitar, then John Quick, because he's got a Conn Smythe trophy already. So there's, there's two, potentially a third, maybe. That's, that's like, kind of like gray area. The Blackhawks, they've got three. Taze, Kane, and even Dust, uh, Duncan Keith. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. like, that's three, but you know, I'm still just sticking with two. Boston, Chera, Bergeron. The Ducks, when they won back in, what was it, 01, I think it was? 07. Right. Sorry, I'm thinking the other one. That, was, that wasn't, they didn't win in 01, it was... Devils. I'm really bad with my Stanley Cup winners. Like, we have a segment on this other podcast that I do called Stanley Stumpers, I'm glad that I read off the clues all the time because it would be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the Ducks had Nina Meyer and Pronger and even Solani on their team. Uh, like, right. that, that's three Hall of Fame players. Not only superstars of their time, but Hall of Fame players. The Hurricanes had Eric Stahl and Rob Brindamore, superstars of their time. The Red Wings, when they won the Cup in the last 10 years, or not the last 10 years, but the last, like, 10 winners, Lindstrom. Hall of Fame player. Like, one of the best defensemen to ever play the game. One of the top three defensemen to ever play the game. And Pavel Datsuk. And if you really want to count, Henrik Zetterberg. The Lightning mm-hmm. had St. Louis, St. Louis and Le Cavalier. The Devils had Niedermeyer again, and Joe Neuendijk, and Martin Bradar. The Avalanche, Sakic, Forsberg, Roy. Like, you need at least two. At least. So we need Tavares, and we need Matthew Barzell. We lose Tavares... Well, we're back to where we were for the last 10 years, since 2009. And previous. Exactly. Well, even worse. No, maybe not. I wouldn't say previous, because before John Tavares, what did we have in terms of superstar talent? Palfi? Sure. That didn't last very long. And before Palfi was what? Yashin? Oof, I wouldn't necessarily call him a superstar. Yashin was after Palfi. Right. But 
Sorry, I'm getting my timelines mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yashin and Pekka and Parrish is not really superstars. No. Good players, great players, not superstars. We have one right now in John Tavares. We have an emerging superstar in Matthew Barzell. We need to keep them. We can't lose one. Yeah, you need, and potentially add a superstar defenseman. <laughs> Hopefully, how amazing would that be? And then you don't you Ty don't Smith. need superstar goaltending. You need NHL average at the very least. But we can get NHL average goaltending somewhere. Soderstrom looks like he's yep. coming over. You saw the Instagram post. He's in. Just play him. I was gonna save it. I was gonna save it for the social segment, but you gave me that cue. I jumped Let's right in go there. Go to it then. So. I don't know. What, what is your last thoughts on the sign and trade? Obviously, it's embarrassing and it's terrible and it should never happen. Um, God, I think it would be one of the worst things to happen to this franchise. Yeah, like not—that's not even an exaggeration. I think it would be—it would definitely set them back at least another five years. It would pretty much just—that would be the end of the Garth Snow era. As much as I want the guy out of here, like. That would be him leaving and the biggest fu out the door that he could possibly give. What does that tell you about the owners then? Like, what is your feeling towards the owners if they essentially let that happen? It's not good. If they you know, completely one eighty, because when they first came in, more so, it was all about bringing the Islanders back to get that fifth cup and the rebuild, trust the process in a sense, and they seemed like they were really for the fans, but that. I think fans would turn on him quick. How many times does John Ledecky have to ride the LIRR and give old ladies tickets for him to win back any sort of face if John Tavares walks? I don't think they would let him on the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> yeah. The PR team's like, no, John, <laughs> the be like, no, John, you don't want to do that. Rabbit Isles fans, like, beating at the door, let him in, let him in. <laughs> yeah, I could just picture the train sitting at Jamaica. He's standing there, and the doors won't open because they don't want the fans to have the altercation. It was like the preseason game I went to at the Coliseum. He's like, you know, he's out there outside the doors, shaking hands, kissing babies the whole nine. That would never happen no. again. No, no. He's going to need at least 10 years to cool down before he can show his face on the LIRR again. Yeah, he's got to disappear for a few years. Easily. <laughs> Get a new name, you know, a different haircut, different glasses. <laughs> he's going to come in with the glasses and mustache combo <laughs> for all the games. I'm Lon Jadecki, his other rich brother. How are you all doing? That's my best John Ledecky impersonation. I don't know how he talks. I think it's more nasally. He's definitely a nasally yeah, talker. Anyways, social. Okay, so the Instagram post. Linus Soderstrom basically says goodbye to his team in Sweden, yep. right? Yep. Um, so he's coming to North America. That's like a given, right? Well, I think it was a given anyways, but this just all but confirms that it's happening maybe a little bit sooner than earlier than later. So you think he's in the AHL next year? You think he's in the NHL? Um, I think he's in the A. He starts. He definitely starts in the AHL. I I think depends okay. on his camp, right? If he has a lights out camp, then there's no reason not to let him try at least a couple games at the start of the season. But I think the goal is to at least have him play in the AHL to get acclimatized to the North American game. I definitely think that's fair. So you put Gibson ahead of him for now, right? Uh, yeah, not not in so much as like a skill thing, but just as a timing thing. Yeah, I agree. I think that's fair. 
like, I, again, I'll go with, the, with what I said last week. So Gibson, we have that um, proof of concept, at least at the NHL level right now, whereas we don't have that with right. Soderstrom. Uh, what we have with Soderstrom now is just a, a hope and a prayer. Um, and he's coming over. But listen, the game is different, North American versus Europe. The ice surface is different. He's got to have to figure out his angles again. It's not going to take him incredibly long to do that, but he's going to have to do it. And if we want to win games, you don't want to have to do that and figure it out at the NHL level. No, so I think it's definitely fair. Uh, but if he comes over, does that change your plan for this offseason for goalie? Um, I, I wouldn't imagine so. Cause I, again, I, I think that the Islanders knew he was coming. They, they, I guess, told him he was coming. Or wanted him to come, and he said yes. I, I think this was always in the cards. This isn't news to them. They, they're probably very well aware that he's coming over now. I don't think there's, there's any surprises here. So I don't think this changes anything for them. So do you think they start next year with Grice and Gibson? I, I think and so. Unless, unless there's a goalie that comes out on the market that it's just you, you have to go grab him. I don't know who that might be. Okay. But if someone comes out, it's like Montreal says, we're willing to get rid of Carey Price and eat 25% of his salary. You run. You, you, you try. Why not? Do you, though? Do you want Carey Price? At a, was, what would that be? Uh, 0. 0.75, 7.5 million a year? Something like that. But it's Carey Price. If you're getting hard trophy winning Carey Price, yeah, you do that. I don't know. I think he's washed. No. I, I'm not saying that he's... I'm worried about injuries. I think he's a good goalie, and I think he could get back to close to what he was. But can he get back to peak Carey Price? I have my doubts. And for know. eight years, but, uh, did, 8.5? Eesh. Yeah. Scary. I I think I'm leaning towards you. I think I agree. He's You start him in the AHL. You see how he plays for a couple months. If he's performing well in the AHL, I think you give him a call-up. Oh, yeah, easily, for sure. And then we got, we're got we stuck with our three-headed monsters. Although it depends because Gibson's an RFA, or sorry, UFA at the end of the season. UFA. So what do you give him? I'd say a year deal. Yeah, maybe you try. And then if you call up. Decide you're calling up Soderstrom. Maybe you're trading Gibson then. Maybe you're trading Gibson. Maybe you're trading Grice or you're waving Rice. Grice from waving Rice. Jeez. Yeah, it depends. It all depends on how Grice plays because he had an awful year this yes, year. But if he's having a bounce back year and is at least competent, and Gibson is also competent, but Soderstrom looks to be ready, maybe you try and trade Grice. Maybe, yeah. Team that needs him. Why not? He's locked up for another two years, 3.3. It's not a terrible cap hit. You've got some flexibility. Why not? I like it. Interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. Uh, there's a lot of social stuff this it's true. week. Another big one, fan favorite, former Islander, Matt Martin, gets engaged to Sydney Esiason. Congratulations all around to the two of them. That should be some interesting nuptials, I'm sure. Interesting nuptials. <laughs> What's that? Their wedding to should be interesting. They're interesting characters. What? She like? I can't wait to marry the shit out of you. You don't necessarily say that to, like all the time. When it's usually like, oh, I can't wait to marry my best friend, or my best friend and I are getting married. It's going to be the greatest celebration of love ever. You don't say what Sydney says on Twitter 
if you're not an interesting person. I think they're a good match. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. I just like they were relationship goals. They, you know yeah. what I mean? Like when they were here, uh, she really grew into that Islanders fan role. I thought, and definitely both easy people to root for. So obviously, wishing them the best. Did Matt Martin have to wait till after he wasn't an Islander to propose to her? Because Boomer is such a Rangers fan. So did you hear the story of when maybe. he met Boomer for the first time? Not met, maybe he met Boomer before, but when he met Boomer as dating um, Sidney Sison. Yeah, he was wearing a Rangers jersey. <laughs> How did you hear about it's that on story? on a podcast. She was on, um, I think it was Puck Soup. At, yeah, it was on Puck Soup like a year or so ago. And she said oh, Okay. Because I heard that story on WFAN, oh. which is a sports talk station right. here. So I was like, how the heck is Mitch listening to New York sports radio? Like, what's going on? Dialed into WFAN every day. All right, respect. <laughs> but yes, congratulations to them. Uh, we've been waiting for this for a while. I feel like on this fan. So yeah, I think so. Congrats. Congratulations to them. And then we are doing our own March Madness. So Mitch has been really doing a lot with this, so I want to give him props for it. He's putting the brackets together and putting the polls up on Twitter. So where what are we currently sitting with? We are sitting wise? with four teams left. So we're in the final four. Sorry, four teams. I'm, think, I'm thinking of March Madness in the end of the bracket. So our, our, our March Madness Islanders bracket is all about what is the biggest storyline this year, and we're asking fans to vote on it. And so far, we've gotten thousands of votes. We're left with four teams, or sorry, teams again, four storylines. Um, and it's the top two seeds. So we had two sides. We had eight storylines on each side. And the, 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 the seed one and twos are the only ones left. And so on side A, it's Tavares' extension up against going back to Nassau. And at the time of recording, with eight hours left on the vote, Tavares' extension is winning by 82 to 12. So that's wow. going to take it. It's a blow. Tavares is the one seed, that's correct? That's correct. Uh, okay. And side B, we're left with the Belmont Arena announcement and Barzal's season. And Barzal's season is winning 67 to 33 right now. Okay, and the, Barzal's the two, two, so you might get an up, a slight upset I had there. a sneaky surprise that, Bel- that Barzal's season would actually win the entire thing. Okay, really? I, he, it's, too, it's too amazing of a season. Not only is he winning the Calder, but he's winning it handedly, and he's taking over the league, and it's amazing. And he's ours for at least till he's, you know, another eight years. Are you taking a shot at my seating, then? No. <laughs> It sounds like you're taking a shot. Oh, that should have been the one yeah, scene. Yeah, your seating was scene. garbage. Way to go. Terrible. God. Oh, Reevaluate God. your life structure. I should. I really should. <laughs> I jumped off the deep end real quick right there. Uh, no, your seating oh, was God. perfect. I think it matched exactly what we thought the storylines should be. But listen, we're only two people. We're asking thousands of people to vote on this, and we're seeing what they think. Yeah, I'm rooting for Barzal because that's a positive one. The, the Tavares one can be spun in a negative light. Mm-hmm. So I I almost hope that the Barzal story takes the cake. I think it will. I, I'm pretty sure it will. But we'll see. Okay. It's it's still not necessarily winning, and there's 17 hours left in that vote for some reason. I don't know why that one has so much more time to go. I think I forgot to lower that one. Eh, well, whatever. 
There's more time to vote for it. So go and vote on our Twitter account. At Eyes on Isles FS on Or Twitter. just search Isles, hashtag Isles, hashtag March Madness, and it'll be the first thing that'll come up. Because honestly, who's tweeting about the Islanders and March Madness together? Except for us. This is true. We're unique. That's right. Um, I had one more for the social, but I feel like I've been dominating this segment. So do you have anything you wanted to I've add? I've nothing else. Okay, so my last one was the billboards were brought back up. Oh, yes. And Arthur Staple kind of suggested that like 10 people could make a bunch of different accounts to donate money. It was it was weird how he phrased it. Um, but what did you, what did you think of the like? Why do you think he hates it so much? I I don't know. He walked it back real quick. Uh, I I honestly, my first thoughts, and I still believe them, is that's an asinine comment to make. That was ridiculous by um, by Arthur Staple. I don't understand where he was going with it. He was like talking himself back into corner, just like spewing ridiculous nonsense that didn't make any sense um oh, it's just a bunch of people you don't actually know where they're coming from it's a waste of money uh it's stupid it's not actually going to do anything and you're stupid to believe if it does anything he never said stupid but the implication was there that you're not really rationally thinking this out if you think this is going to change anything well i think that's baloney because how many major media outlets covered it well no listen does anyone think that that it either invested or put up the billboards and I, I kind of want to divert to to Ovipod because they're this is their baby, not necessarily just them, but they have a big hand in, in, in putting putting these billboards up. So I don't want to put words in their mouths, but I get the sense that anyone who either invested in this or created it didn't actually think that Gar Snow was going to be fired the second they went up. I'm pretty sure no one thought that. And listen, no. we, we here in Ottawa spoke to the guy who put them up. So this all came about because there are billboards going up in Ottawa here saying hashtag Melnick out where they want the owner gone. It's a little bit different. Not the GM. It's the owner. They want the owner out. And so this all came about going, oh, people are wasting their money. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's not. It's not wasting your money. Oh, you could have put that towards charity. Well, they could have, but if they they wanted to, they would have done that anyways, and they clearly didn't want to. So, like that's that's a stupid comment to make. No, it's something that fans are passionate about and have absolutely every right to share their opinion on it. And I think it make, it's a strong statement. It didn't go unnoticed. I think was the point that I was trying to agreed. Make. It didn't. Like, and that was the whole point of the thing is that we want to be noticed. We want to be heard, and we're going to use the power of whatever – our power, whatever power that is, to ensure that that is done. And they did it. They, they, they had their voice heard. They said, we don't want snow here anymore. In Ottawa, they said, we don't want Melnick around. Done. Is Melnick going to sell the team? No, of course not. Of course he's not going to sell the team. Oh, we'll play it. People shouldn't go to the games. Well, guess what? They're not. People aren't going to the games here in Ottawa. The Upper Bowl, they've, they've, they've like corned off most of the Upper Bowl under tarps. There are tarps up because thousands of people aren't already coming to games. In, in, for the Islanders in Brooklyn last night, they had 10,000 people to the game. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Arthur Staples saying like, oh, just don't, don't buy tickets then. They were already last in the league in attendance. What else do you want us yeah. to do? Like, like, come on here. So again, I I want to let I want I'm interested to hear how Ovi Pod reacts on their podcast. I'm sure they're going to have some snarky things to say, um, but I'm not 
I don't think that they're wrong. I think they're going to be entitled to say whatever they say because I don't think they're wrong here. I, 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 I can't no, see an argument where someone says this is a bad idea. It's not. Is it going to affect change? No, not at no all. but what will? What will force a GM to, to quit? Oh, they don't like me. Well, I better quit. Nothing. Nothing's going to get him to quit. No. Come on. <sighs> Gotta love the internet. Gotta I love, love the internet. I love it every day. I, I'm, I keep seeing people bemoan the fact that Twitter is free. Like, oh my God, this site is such terrible because it's free and there's all kinds of hate on there. But it also gives us immediate access to information that we didn't have before. So, like, I, I'm in love with Twitter. It's amazing. Oh, I love it too. Well, it's more of a love-hate relationship, but it's more love. Like how the website is still free is such a blessing, yeah, honestly. it's amazing. Uh, so that's all I had for the social, Mitch. Did you have anything else you wanted to go nope, over quick? I've got nothing. All right. So we're going to put a bow on episode number 31. So I just wanted to say to follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS for Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Toss us a like on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. And as always, go visit that website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, another episode in the books. It was a fun one tonight. Oh, I don't have a 32. Oh my God, I'm going to have to do research. I don't have a 32. Okay. Okay. So think about it for this week. And when we talk next time, be I ready. will. Oh my God. All right, have a good week, everyone. Oh, my God, I got to do some homework. He's definitely stumped. So we'll talk to you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.